0: Welcome to The Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is one of our senior consultants and a member of the podcast team, Ms. Joan Blake. I was going through the interviews, and they were all first-round interviews, and a woman asked me a question, and I will never forget it. She said, would you rather come in first or come in second? And I looked at her, and I said... I would be crazy to tell you that I don't want to be first. I said, but I'll take second if the way to get to first is cheating. And she looked at me. Wow, and, great yeah, answer. She she looked at me and made a face and wrote it down and said, that's the best answer I have ever heard.
1: Welcome to this Episode of Career Pod. I'm Joan Blake, a senior consultant at Transition Solutions, and I'm joined today by Kim Jackson. Welcome. Thank you. Kim has had a long and successful career in merchandising across many sectors, including women's fashion, shoes, jewelry, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we're looking forward to hearing more about that career journey today. Great. I'm
0: excited to be here.
1: Thank you. So, Kim, tell us a little bit about. Your early life and education and how to influence your career choices. Well, I've I come with a very high energy
0: level and I've always enjoyed work. So I actually started selling soft pretzels on the streets of Philadelphia when I was eight. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And um, I enjoy like the bustle of, you know, whether it was working at a parade or working At a basketball game, I liked to be busy. And from that, it kind of morphed to getting my first job on the Atlantic City Boardwalk at a t-shirt shop. And then it went to working as a waitress in casinos. And I was just always busy. So when I went to Syracuse University and I was looking to figure out what my career choice would be, it seemed as though retail and merchandising was the correct path for, for me. I like to stay busy. I like making decisions. Um, I love the business aspect of it. So, um, and basically I really like setting and executing strategies that bring profit and sales to companies.
1: Sounds like there's a theme there too, a long theme of working with consumers. Do yeah. you enjoy working with consumers? Yeah, I do.
0: I, yeah. r- I really do because every interaction is different. And there is never one solution that fits
1: all issues. So, yeah, I do. Terrific. So how did you acquire some of those skills that have enabled you to set and execute on strategy, so forth and so on?
0: Yeah, so the, the strategic part, you know, once I got into the working world, really what it was was it was a lot of listening. And it was a lot of trying to to make myself a value to the people that I report to so that I was taken to meetings. And um, one of the things that I used to do was when I would go to a meeting, I wouldn't say anything. I would write it all down. Any question that I had, I would write down. And it could be anything from I didn't understand what a term meant. Like maybe what when they said gross margin, what did that mean? Mm -hmm. How do you calculate that? Or... Sometimes I would write notes of situations that happened like, when you said this, why did he look at you that way? Awesome. So that I was learning also the part of what was the dialogue and and what did that mean? And then I would always put time on my manager's calendar to say, I want to walk through these things with you. And that just kind of got me stronger
1: in the workplace. Isn't that a very proactive approach to gaining skills and business savvy? Yeah.
0: Managing up is important.
1: Yeah. 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 And how has that impacted your career, managing up? Um, I think for me,
0: I've had, you know, I've been blessed with managers that have actually really liked using that strategy. And, you know, for me, it's gotten me into a lot of meetings where I could learn more and development is very important. I'm a firm believer that you have to be in control of your own development. And, you know, it just kept me moving up into the ranks and it got me exposed to things that I wouldn't have seen otherwise, but I've been able to use those examples in making different decisions.
1: Terrific. It sounds like you really value a mentoring relationship. Have you had mentors in your career? Many, many, many. Yes. Did they find you? Did you find them? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Um, So the the mentorship part, I feel like, you know, in the beginning, I was blessed because I had these great bosses and I didn't, you know, I didn't know that many people. I was new to the workforce. But today, I don't just call it, you know, mentors at work. I find them everywhere. (laughs) And some of them are my friends and some of them are people that I've connected with that have that have skills where I don't. So I I definitely will reach out to anybody because what I've learned is something that could be extremely challenging for me is very easy for someone else and vice versa. So I've had people reach out to me where they're struggling and it could take me 10 minutes to figure out. So you know, I believe that you don't necessarily have to look to somebody you work with to be a mentor. You can find it in many other places.
1: Can you give us an example of that? A skill and knowledge you recently invested in, in yourself and who helped you to acquire it? Oh yeah, for
0: sure. So, um, I have been doing a lot of public speaking lately and I've really been trying to build that up. And when it comes to writing, what I have learned is I have a lot of thoughts in my head, translating them. How do you translate them onto paper? So let's just take, for example, um, a bio where I know what I wanna say, but how, how do I get it on paper? So what I, what I found out is that a very close friend of mine, this is what she does. This is one of the things she has to do for work. So she just said to me, you know what, Kim, just write it all down. Don't worry about how it flows or anything, just write it all down. And then she looked at it, she gave it back to me and it sounded great. So now the next time I took what she did and I applied those same
1: steps so that I could do it again. Great example, great example. So Kim, could you tell us a little bit about some of the companies and positions you worked at what motivated you to leave and pursue another one?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I out of college from Syracuse got recruited to a company called May Company. They are they were a retailer that um, had eight different divisions, and they were very similar to Federated. So, I was very fortunate. I was recruited into their executive training program. And that really, um, we started out, there were 13 brand new graduates, and we started out all shiny and new, and they walked us through the path to becoming a buyer. So I worked with May Company for eight years, went up through the ranks, and then moved over to Talbot's. And my reason for leaving May Company at the time was um, it was very vendor-driven, and I loved it there but I was really interested in learning about the private label and the vertical retail portion. So I worked at Talbot's for 13 years um, and did a lot of interesting things such as working in for the U S stores. And then I spent 10 years in the international division and then spent the last year in catalog and e-comm from there, I moved to become the director of direct-to-consumer merchandising for Puma, and that is a global company that is based in Germany, but the Americas division is based in Westford, Massachusetts. So I spent four years there, and from that point, I moved to Alex Anani as senior director of merchandising, where I am responsible for the brand's line. And... The exciting part of that for me is that that has a wholesale component to it as well. So I'm always learning a lot, always looking to kind of change um, what I do. When I was at Puma, I was responsible for um, the e-commerce merchandising, the outlet merchandising and the full price merchandising. So I'm always looking for different channels of business.
1: Well, that's a lot of different ownership structures, right? Yeah. You've got publicly, U.S. publicly held, foreign owned, privately held. Can you compare and contrast your experiences relative to how, if at all, those ownership structures made a difference? Yeah. So um
0: at May Company, we definitely saw all of the numbers. They were very transparent and um, same with Talbot's. And when you work for... A vertical retailer, or or just a retailer, it's it's um, you're really able to mostly get a strategy and stick with it. When you move to a company where there's a wholesale part to it, sometimes you're not responsible, or responsible is the wrong word. Sometimes you're not in control of exactly making sure that strategy goes off as planned. So you have to learn how to be nimble and handle change and be able to pivot quickly
1: in order to capitalize on business. Interesting. So a um, couple themes I'm, I'm hearing are the, the act of listening, the ability to adapt to change, always being open to learning and growing. Yep, so for sure. Like, some pretty common themes. So when you think about some of those moves, um, you know, would you, what were, do you think were some of the best moves you made and moves you would do over again if you had the opportunity?
0: To me, none of the moves were bad. I'm happy with all of the moves because I've learned something new in every single move that I've done. So even if it's not the right job for you, there's something that you should be able to pull out and say, this is what I learned here. You may have learned that it wasn't the right role for you, so you wouldn't make that mistake again. But I don't have any regrets.
1: Terrific. Um, in terms of looking retrospectively at your career, are there things you would do differently today?
0: Yeah, there is. If I think the biggest misstep that I had when I was younger was that I believed that I had to know how to do everything that was relative to the next level. And I think that is a common theme, especially among women today, is that when we look at a job description, we tend to say, do I know how to do this? And we're checking it. We just keep saying, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And by the time you get to the bottom, it's like, I can do this job, rather than saying, you know what? I can learn this job. Good point. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the one thing that I wished that I had been more active in stretching myself to realize, you know what? I'm confident. I'm able. How do we how do I move forward? Mm-hmm. I don't need to know everything today.
1: Mm-hmm. Terrific. What role, if any, has provided you good luck in your career? Within the luck role.
0: When I was at Syracuse and I was interviewing for May Company, um, the way that their interviews work are, there's different divisions across the country that come and recruit. So you have a whole day filled with interviews and it's, there's hundreds of students there. And I was going through the interviews and they were all first round interviews. And a woman asked me a question and I will never forget it. She said, would you rather come in first or come in second? And I looked at her and I said, I would be crazy to tell you that I don't want to be first. I said, but I'll take second if the way to get to first is cheating. And she looked at me and she, she looked at me and made a face and wrote it down and said, that's the best answer I have ever heard. And then fast forward, I got the role and she was my divisional. Awesome. So it was, and, and then you start to move, then you start to mature in life and in your career and you start to meet people and learn more things. So a few years ago, I had the um, fortune to actually speak to a vice president of HR for May Company back in the day. And he shared with me what went on behind closed doors of how all the divisions would duke it out. So I always like to think she probably put up a fight, you know, for me. And I think that experience working for her was starting in cosmetics and working with a huge vendor base. And I was, that's where I learned negotiation and I truly am blessed. And that
1: I think that question was the stroke of luck for me. Isn't that great? Yeah. So it's a little off topic, but have you ever found, Kim, in your career that you've been asked to cheat in order to get to number one or expected to? I have been asked to hit numbers
0: no matter what you need to do to hit them. And when you're looking at a solution and some of it would be... You know, so no, nobody has actually told me to cheat per se, but a lot of people don't like to hear that something can't be done. They're not, they're not necessarily interested. So the one thing that I would say is you absolutely have to be true to yourself because as a mentor told me once that I never forgot, you have to look at yourself in the mirror every single day.
1: It's great advice. Great advice. So what is one lesson you might share with us that you've learned through your career? So,
0: you know, based on what we were just talking about, being authentic is probably the most important thing. What you'll find and what or what I found rather is that your value system is the same system. You are the same person while you're at work and while you're at home. There is no crossover. So just be authentic and be who you are because it will show up and you will shine in both your private and personal
1: life. So you mentioned work and home. Um, So do you have children? I do. I have three. Anything you want to share with us about tips or tricks for managing work-life balance? You know, it is funny that you would mention that because... I
0: speak at several colleges and it is my joy to speak to students that are starting, you know, their journey. And I was just telling some, I was just talking to a Syracuse alum, somebody that heads up the alum this morning. And I said, you know, I start off every conversation with, I am an open book and I'm surprised no students ask me about what it's like to be a mom. So I'm very glad that you asked that. Um What I will say is that when, before I became a mother, I was very nervous because you're used to having control and you think it's all gonna, how am I gonna do all these things? Things just work out. It all works out. As a, as a mentor shared with me, it all works out because it has to. And opportunities present themselves and they are ones, that you would not imagine. So even right now, I work very far from home and there are carpools that I arrange and you would be surprised if it's not in your personal life, take it in your work life, you would be so surprised how many people want to help because helping feels good. So my, you know, that would be the one thing that I would say with kids is you, It is. it's a huge responsibility But it all works out.
1: That would be my one thing. Well, that's terrific. And it certainly appears to be working out well for you, Kim. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.